Hi, welcome to Everyday Strong with Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We got a really good topic uh, today, which is um, based around time and your purpose and how you live your life and this everyday um, what you do during throughout the day and and how you handle yourself, carry yourself, and just everything. It's a casual conversation with Pastor. Um, Without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Well, as always, it's a, a pleasure being here. I think the topic today is, is one of extreme importance for a couple of reasons. One, because oftentimes we get so wrapped up in what we consider to be the lack of time and that we spend all of our energy uh, worrying about something that we really have no control over. And so we don't um, use uh, what we have to the optimal uh, because uh, of how we view time. You know, and it's true that time may be endless, but our time is not endless. And so, as my mother always said to me, um, if you spend all your time trying to get somewhere, then you don't enjoy the process of getting there. Right. And then is that somewhere an actual destination that you can actually touch, feel and, and hold in your hand? Or is it something that's. Um, arbitrary, just imaginary. Hey, absolutely. And sometimes, and I know it took me a long time to really figure this one out. For some people, um, getting there is where they get all their energy from. Right. And for some people, being there is the end all. And you have to figure out what kind of person are you? Do you get your joy from trying to reach a destination or do you get your joy from being at the destination? Because for many people, once they get there, it becomes somewhat anticlimactic. Because right. then once they get there, they realize this is not as exciting as I thought. Actually, the exciting part was trying to get there. Right. Uh, it kind of reminds me of some some you know guys I, I know that um, they much more enjoy the hunt in trying to capture the girl. Right. Than actually keeping the girl once they get her. Right. And you know, it also reminds me, too, for all the listeners out there that remember the movie Conan the Barbarian, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was put into slavery by um, James Earl Jones's uh, organization and he got free and his spent his whole mission in life was to kill James Earl Jones character. Then we get to the end of the movie. And then he kills him and the movie just goes off. It was like it was nothing. And but James Earl Jones did say something that was very powerful. He's like, if you kill me, what would your purpose in life be? And then, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has this look on his face like I never thought about that. I'm now at the end of this journey, but I got more I could accomplish and more I got to do. But I haven't even thought about that. I've been so focused on this one particular thing. Right. Absolutely. So what do we do, Pastor? For all the people out there that are, you know, you got some people out there focused on a new job or, or a position that they want or a college degree that they're trying to get. You know, what's the advice we can give them to look beyond that, to the next steps beyond that? Well, I, I think that one thing I think is extremely important is to understand that there is a time for everything. In fact, the Bible tells us that there's a time for everything in life, a time to be born, a time to die a time to learn, a time to play. All, you know, all those things have specific times that we have been afforded. One of the things that we do, unfortunately, is that we tend to always look to the accomplishment as the end all 
And so in the interim, we don't enjoy ourselves. Right. But you have to learn to enjoy yourself in the middle as well as when you get to the appointed destination. You know, for example, you know, and I use myself as an example because I was um, really um, not able to enjoy a large part of my life because of my thinking. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, for example, I spent all my time trying to graduate. And so as a consequence, I didn't enjoy being in high school. Right. And then I got in college and I spent all my time trying to, trying graduate. to graduate. So as a consequence, I didn't enjoy. And then like some of my contemporaries, they joined fraternities. You know, they, they went to all the games. Right, right. I did not go to but one football game the entire time I was in college. I did not go to but maybe two basketball games the entire time I was in college. And after I graduated... I go to all the games, right. you know, that's when I enjoy. So I didn't enjoy the college life like my friends did, you know, because I always was looking ahead. And the same thing when I was doing my career, you know, I was so busy trying to move up the, the ladder, uh, the corporate ladder, so to speak. I didn't enjoy any of the positions I held, you know, during that time frame. So it was not a pleasurable experience. It was a working, ex you know, working experience the whole time. And so you end up getting 20, 25 years out of your life and you find that you didn't enjoy any of that. Right. You know, and so I think what we have to learn to do is always enjoy the moment because every moment is can be enjoyable. And the other moment that you're looking for is not promised to you. You know, like, you know, a good example is that let's say if I'm working a nine to five and I work Monday through Friday and my thought process is I can't wait till Friday comes so I can enjoy the weekend. And that's how I spend my entire weeks waiting for Friday to enjoy the weekend. <laughs> right, that's right. As if I cannot enjoy Monday, cannot enjoy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday. What if I died Friday night? Right. I will spend those five days not enjoying them and then died Friday and right. still would have not enjoyed the weekend. So I think it's important to always remember that every day is a day that God has given us. So every day should be enjoyable. So I should be waking up in the morning thinking every day, what can I do to ensure that this gift? And I think we should look at each day as a gift. This is a gift that God has given me. So what can I do on this day to enjoy this day? Didn't have to be something huge, but right. I still can enjoy it. Yeah, that you know, I kind of think along those lines too, Pastor. That's one reason why I don't like hanging around negative people. Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't need you sucking up the time that I yeah I got that the good Lord has given me on on Earth with your negativity. Right. So, and I used to be like that. I used to be the guy who will look to Friday. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, I said, you know what? There's stuff going on in, in the area in Hampton Roads. There's stuff going on Monday night. There's stuff going on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. If I really want to go out and have a good time and and live life a little bit, I can do it every day of the week. Mm -hmm. You know. Now, back in the day, as as the, the church people say, when I was out there in the world, mm -hmm. I you know the Thursday night at uh, Upscale was ladies' night, so that's where I was at. It's before I was married. I was like, well, you know, and then, you know they paid, they charged us the men twenty dollars to get in there, and the, and the women got in free. Mm -hmm. You know, so but. You didn't. I didn't sit around waiting for Thursday night to go have fun or to do stuff that I like to do, whether it's a hobby or um, reading a book. And I, I really, I really like the fact that what you said. Like every day, you should be doing something that you like to do. Absolutely, it's a gift of God. Every day is a gift. Every moment, not just every day, every moment, every minute. Each of us is just one heartbeat away from not being here. Right. That, that's how we are. And, and, and for example, um, you know, 
even now, even though I'm the pastor and no longer, you know, working uh, in, 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 in government, I still am an, am an employer, you know. And one of the things I try to emphasize to the staff there is that every day you come to work, you have to come to work with the idea that I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a good time. Now, granted, we call it work for a reason. We don't call it fun. We call it work. We don't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to fun. I'm going to work. Right. But even in going to work, you have to find things on your job that give you joy, that you can enjoy doing. And so, because even going to a job that you dread should not be dreadful. Just because I don't want to be there don't mean I shouldn't have fun when I get there. Uh, we can always think of other things we would prefer to do rather than be in an office environment or working outside or where we might be. But you still need to enjoy it because you're there eight to 10 hours a day. That's right. You spend more awake hours on your job than you spend in your home. And so you don't want to lose that time, uh, you know, because anytime something gets behind you, you can't get it back. That's right. And then also, as we talked about earlier off air with the definition of time Mm -hmm. and uh, and it being relative, you know, if you are having fun while you're at work, doesn't the time just go by like that? Nine to five is over it real quick. Absolutely. And sometimes you'll be thinking, where did I don't have enough time in the day to get accomplished what I want to get accomplished. So you got to wait till the next day. That happens all the time. Yeah, I, I just think that it's always something you can find in every aspect of life to enjoy. You know, it's always something. You can, and that's what we need to look to. We spend too much time dwelling on the things in life that are causing us despair. Right. And what we need to do is look at those things that can cause us joy. You know, uh, like I say, you know, for example, you know, um, if you if you work in a job, let's say you're working at McDonald's, let's say if I'm working at McDonald's and I'm on French fries, then granted it's hot. The grease is popping and, and, and mentally I may find that to not be stimulating, but there still are people around you that you can right. laugh with, that you can find humor in, that you can, you know, you can mm-hmm. joke with. If you work in the cash register, you can still put a smile on your face. You can still find people coming up to the cash register that you can, you know, have a good time in discourse with, you know, talking, being pleasant with people. And so you can still find joy in doing what you're doing. You can still have fun doing what you're doing. So your day won't seem, you know, as dull. Uh, because again, we're not going to get that time back. That's one thing can bank on is yeah. that even though we realize that time is endless, our time is not endless. And so every moment we spend moping is, is, a, is a moment that we don't have back again. And, and, and I, I related to this. The Bible says to not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, the scripture really is saying to us, don't stay angry. <laughs> you know, don't stay angry. Right. Because it does not value you to stay angry. Because if you do that, you miss an opportunity to have joy. So a lot of people sit around, you know, I've seen people just sit there with a scowl on their face and not really starting it. They start a day off, maybe in neutral. And then, and then somebody cuts them off on the side, you know, off the road. And then they go from neutral to just negative. And then the rest of the day they spend like that the whole time. So have you ever noticed people that, that just basically are always in that, that state of constant anger? 
Absolutely. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that 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 operate that way. And, and again, I, I like the, the concept of saying starting that they're neutral, because unfortunately, a lot of people do start their day uh, in, uh, in, a, in a stand and a stance that does not lend itself to a positive reflection, you know. And if you start your day without thinking positive, you are kind of neutral. I think everybody should start the other day with a simple mantra, and that is, this is going to be the best day of my life, that this day is going to be like none other. No matter where you're going, no matter what you're doing, saying to yourself, I'm going to enjoy this day to the fullest. Because if you enjoy each day to the fullest, you will have no regrets about your yesterdays. And right. that will also give you a positive slant on what your tomorrows will be, because then you can have that assurance that I can have every day mean something positive in my life. Yes. Now, switching gears a little bit, let's um, I want to bring up something that I, I read a lot in the spiritual books and people talking about the law of attraction, and things like that is the intentions on your day, um, your intent to do well and and he say that what you attend to do, sometimes you attract it back to you, whether it be negative or positive, where if I wake up in the morning, I say, OK, Lord, what what's going to happen today? And then you're looking at it already negative And then you all of a sudden, all this negative things start happening. You get a flat tire on the road or it's raining outside when the forecast is supposed to be sunny. The weatherman got it all wrong. You take your umbrella. So it's like, oh, woe is me. It's like it just keeps feeding into each other. Flip side of the coin, you take a guy or, or a woman that's like looks at wakes up in the morning with chipper and happy. This is going to be a great day today and everything, even if it started raining. Oh, but look at the rain. You know, it's, my yard needed needed a watering today. I don't have to turn on the sprinklers. They they kind of just look at things differently. So I always I wanted to um, have you give a comment on that personally on intentions and what what is is said about it in the Bible. Sure. You know, I think as I, as I said earlier, I think that most of us are in a position where. Um, we start our days where we are not necessarily positive. You know, I think that is primarily because of how we view self. Self seems to be the center of our world. You know, I mean, that's how we look at life. We are right. number one. And so when you're thinking about us as being number one, we always are trying, we always are thinking about how the world may react to us. When you think about how the world reacts to us, it tends to have a negative connotation. You know, because that's how life is, because everyone else is thinking about themselves as being the center of their world. So that's how they're responding to you. So that's kind of how you view things. The scripture says that man needs to stop thinking of himself as being the center. And so when I look at my intentions, I ought to work up every day not thinking about me, but thinking about how I can please God. Uh, again, you know, um, the scripture says that our our role is to uh, fear God, keep his commandments and do that, which he's purposed our life to be as it relates to him. And so if we do that, if if we wake up every day saying, how can I be in a better position to please God? How can I be in a better position to make my creator happy with my life? Then what you will get is him supplying your needs and ensuring that you have the joy that you have sought. If you try to get it yourself, it becomes too elusive. Mm -hmm. If you allow him to do it for you, it will always happen. So basically in a nutshell, when we wake up in the morning, after we say our morning prayers, the first questions we should ask ourselves is what can we do today 
that pleases God, mm-hmm. you know, and then if we, and then on the flip side of the coin at night, when, right before we go to uh, bed, what did, what did I do today that pleased God? And then how could I do it better if I need to do it better? You know, cause you can start out trying to do something right and it quite turn the way you want it to turn out, but then how can you improve on it? You know, answering those questions. Right. And absolutely. And again, that, that, that is about what's saying, you know, how can I make God happy? Right. For example, as a husband, you know, um, oftentimes we tend to wake up thinking what our spouse can do to make us happy and kind of laying those things on the table. You know, honey, would you mind doing this? Honey, would you mind doing that? And that's how we focus our day. But what if I wake up every day saying to myself, what can I do to be a better husband? Because after all, that is what will make God happy with me if I'm a better husband. Right. What can I do to make me a better father? Because that makes God happy with me to be a better father. What can I do today to help someone who is less fortunate than I am? That makes God happy because he says we are our brother's keeper. Now, if I'm sending out all that positive stuff, if, if, if I'm uh, doing all I can do to make my wife happy, if I'm doing all I can do to make my children prosperous, if I'm looking to help someone else along the way, it's going to come back to me. Uh, maybe not in the, in, the, in the sense that we get from the spiritualists, but it will come back the way God says it will come back to us because he will supply our needs. He will give us the joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, meaning that when we take joy in doing what God places on this earth to do, we will get strength from him and we will receive the joy that he gives back to us because he will take care of us. Right. You know, and I've also heard a lot of people that what, you know, when something bad happens, they normally say, Lord, you know, I'm always good to people. I don't do nothing to nobody. Why does this keep happening to me? And yesterday during your um, on the nine o'clock service, you mentioned about being your time for your blessing. It, it ain't time yet. You know, you might have to go through a little bit, but then when it's your time, it's worth it. Right. And see, you know, when people say to me, uh, I've been doing everything the Lord want me to do and I'm still going through some stuff. I oftentimes question, number one, are you really doing everything the Lord wants you to do? And secondly, are you really going through some stuff or have you just not got out of some stuff? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, right. you know, for example, if you ran your credit cards up to the limit right, and then you decided, let me come to church, let me start praying, let me join the choir, let me get on the usher board. Uh, that's not going to erase the fact that over the past three or four years, you ran your credit card up to the limit right. and now you got to pay them back. Right. That's know? right. So, so it's not like, um, there's a magic pill to erasing one's past, you, you know? Uh, but for those folk who genuinely are, you know, let's say they're genuinely doing the right thing. They're serving God. Uh, and I don't mean just by coming to church. I need people to understand that just coming to church is not serving God when they're really focusing on uh, having a better life at home in their neighborhoods and on their jobs, those kind of things. I'm hard pressed for anyone to tell me I'm pleasing my supervisor and he's treating me like dirt. Right. See that 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 <laughs> you know, that just doesn't <laughs> that happen. Don't make sense. Right. Yeah. So if your supervisor treating you like dirt, you may have thought you pleased your supervisor, but you did not. And the Bible says, "Obey them that have authority over you." So that means when I go on my job, 
My job is to make my supervisor happy. That's what my job is according to the Bible. That's why that person hired me, Mm -hmm. to make him happy or her happy. And there is no way, if I'm doing that, that that person's going to treat me like dirt because they're going to want to keep me, you right. know. And, and, and the same thing if I'm treating my neighbor that way. You know, if I'm genuinely treating my neighbor as a good neighbor, my neighbor isn't going to be mad at me and throw trash in my yard. That, that's, you know, <laughs> see, that, that, that's the thing that we like to tell ourselves. Right. I'm being the best I can be and woe is me. Listen, that's right. uh, this, this being a victim got to go. You know, you don't have victims of the world, you're victims of your own thinking, victims of ourselves. But as you said, you know, I may not be getting what someone else is getting. Let's say two of us are on the same job. We both are working very hard, but they get the promotion over me. And my thought is, well, we both were working hard. or Why didn't I get it? Well, again, just because you're working hard don't mean they haven't prayed just as hard as you prayed. And so if they prayed just as hard as you prayed, Maybe the Lord just said they need it more than you need it. See, you don't know that. Right. And if they do, that was their time. It wasn't my time yet because I didn't have the same need that they had. I had the want, but they had the need. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I would like to say, too, is from the business side of things, I'm a business owner. There's a thing that you have that everybody has, God willing, is a mouth and a tongue. Just come ask the boss why are you giving me so much hell? You'd be amazed that sometimes what you thought you was going through hell, it wasn't. The boss may be trying to do move, maneuver some other things around to make life easier on you. Or he may be trying to toughen you up to move you into a position that he that he knows you have potential to do. You have no idea what the answer is really going to be. I couldn't agree with you more. I, you know, I cannot tell you the number of times I've had uh, staff um, question the workload or the uh, complexity of the work I was giving them. And um, to me, it, you know, it, it, it seems kind of silly to me, my way of thinking, to get upset if your boss gives you a complex or a heavy workload. Because your boss knows how many hours in a day you're required to work. Right. Right. And so... So if you work eight hours, this is what I was always taught by my father. It doesn't matter what you give me in an eight-hour day. If that's what I'm there for, then that's what I'm there for. See, I, see, I think the idea of saying that I'm not supposed to do certain things because someone else isn't doing them is, there you, go. you know, it, it, it's <laughs> not looking at, uh, looking at it in a positive way. Because the positive thing is this, again, when you hire me, You hired me to make you happy. You didn't hire me to do a specific task. You hired me to make you happy. So if I'm working for you, let's say I'm working for you and my job is to be a secretary, for example. But then you say to me, by the way, um, there are no paper towels in the men's restroom. I need you to go fill them up and check it once an hour to make sure that they stay, you know, filled up. So when people come in, you know, you know, clients come in, we have paper towels. Now I can get mad and say, well, that ain't what you hired me for. Why are you asking me to go in the bathroom? Or are you trying to put this on my neck so, so he'll make me quit? Or I can say, wait a minute, no. What he's doing is making sure our customers are happy so we can get more 
a, you know, customers coming in. So our revenue goes up right. <laughs> so he can afford to do this and, you know, those kind of things. And so, again, I, I, you know, for me personally, I'm saying that every day I wake up, I need to be asking myself, what can I do to make these folk happy? So if I wait, if I think that way and you ask me to do something, I'm not upset. I'm happy because now I know what will make you happy. I don't have to guess anymore. You just told me what to make you happy. Right. All I got to do now is do it. Now, here's the, the now the ultimate question. And this is individualized for everybody is how do we pastor know what we can do individually to make God happy? Well, again, uh, I would say it's, it's simple. OK, now I'm going to give you two answers. One Solomon concluded, right? Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments. And that's pretty straightforward, except the issue then becomes, what is the commandment, <laughs> right? right? Here's what Jesus said. Uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Question was raised to him. Uh, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love God with all your mind, body, heart, and soul. So that covers the first one when Solomon said to fear God. Then the second one, keep his commandments. Jesus said, the second commandment is like unto the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. So that right there says, if I want to make God happy, treat everyone like I would treat me. Simple. So if I want to make my manager happy, treat them like I would treat me. If I want to make my wife happy, treat her as I would treat me and vice versa. Children, the same nine yards. If you think about it, I said originally that we are basically selfish individuals. Right. And so we all wanted to be treated the best. <laughs> and so that's my job to make God happy is treat other folk like I would treat myself. Well, wow, we got it. This is a lot of good information. Um, thank you, Pastor, for um, giving us great insight into time, our intentions, and how to please God. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is Joe C. Baker. Till next time.